Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about football, university, and we have part one of our interview with Jeff Brazier from the podcast Only Human. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of... The Kindness Project. Yes. I'm joined. Yes, nice, yes. isn't it? I am joined by uh, a girl who, for some bizarre reason today, has decided to wear a Christmas top, and a man who I'm lucky is wearing clothes. It's um, it's Charlotte Dames, and the legend, the man that is Russ Dames. How are we, chats? We're good. We're good. Please don't question my Christmas top because it's comfortable. Is it comfortable? I, I, I think she's got a point there. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. If a top's comfortable, it's comfortable. Exactly. exactly. What's the most comfy top you own, Russ? I, I own a couple, but Kelly brought me on the other day a Swatham Town football shirt. Right. Is it so, Swatham got its own football club? Yeah. Are you going to stop recording the podcast to go and put your sh- football shirt on? Yeah. What? Uh, Sorry, I would do. So, Kelly, Kelly does some stuff in town. Right. And she brought me on a football shirt. Nice. Right, go and put it on. <laughs> no, I'm not, not going to put it on. Go and put the football shirt on for the recording of this podcast. We want to see it. What the hell is Waltham Town Football Club in? Oh, they're lower, lower. They're tier seven or eight. Tier seven or eight? Oh, poor Swaffham. King's Lynn are in the... King's Lynn are in the Northern. The Conference Northern. Okay, fair enough. I didn't realise we were going to have some... Oh, there's me, Swaffham Town, yeah. It looks looks, uh, an interesting material. It's like a baseball shirt. Yeah, it's like a... It's very airy. (laughs) What air? You know, like, usually if you get, like, Premier League football shirts, they're like like a rubbery consistency. Sorry, where is Russ getting these shirts? Uh, sorry, like a sorry, like a silk consistency. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, that, that's like a that's like a cotton. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, no, I understand. Do they they don't play in those shirts. They're no, 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 they play in the normal casual squad from top. Yeah, they they play in the normal silky ones. You, beggars can't be choosers. It was free. Yeah, no, fair enough. Number two questions. Um, number one, clearly Swatham have got a uh, sportswear collection. Uh, how, much of a, how much of there is a market for Swatham? They've got, more, they've got more merch than we have. They've got more merch than we have at the Kindness Project. Yeah. How dare they? And number two, you mentioned rubber shirts, right? When was the last time you tried one of them on? <laughs> Russ? <laughs> Russ, what, what, when, when was the last time you had to rub a shirt on, Russ? That, 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 was the last, Russ? that was the last time I turned up naked on Zoom. I went away and put me rubber shirt on. <laughs> oh, so, oh, it must have taken you a while to come back then, Russ, because I hear those things are hard to get I on. I think we turned. No, I was too embarrassed. You know your rubbish shirt. Is it difficult to put on? Because I'd imagine it's quite I a squeeze. I don't know. I'm sure you wore uh, 
I'm sure you wore a wet show. I've never worn one, but I've I've never. I mean, a wet so, show is basically a rubber show. No, I know what wet show is. But and there's it, me other me other swapping town merch. Most of the bike, we just you're just showing me the stuff you got for free. Yeah. Oh, you got a scarf. This is podcast gold. Russ just showing me shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just out of interest. Why are you getting all this free merch? So, Kenny does a bit in the cab. Yeah. They was giving it because they're one of the sponsors. Fair enough. So they're like... Oh, Russ, have they got any mugs? They've got any mugs, Russ. Oh, well, I'll see if I can get you one. Yeah, nab me a mug, please, Russ. Yeah, I'll see if I'll well, get you my You're going to take only mugs <laughs> with um, uh, just sponsored by somebody on. Yeah. Uh, yep. Sorry, are you saying has the calf got any mugs? Because I the calf's got mugs. Because <laughs> what do they put their tea in? Oh, no, there's um, a mix and match. They've yeah. not got sponsorship what, mugs. What, what, what Charlotte would like, the more niche, the better, <laughs> right? Is, um, it's a, a Swatham Town football mug. I'll see if I can get her a Swatham Town mug. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. And and let's... Did you receive posts this week? Yeah, I receive posts every week. Why do you ask? I don't. I sent your clicker back. Did you really? So, let me, let me explain... <laughs> my clicker and you've been saying to me for weeks. Oh, I was on the dining room table, Chris. Did you pinch my clicker, Russ? <laughs> you little clicker pincher. You rubber-clad clicker pincher. <laughs> that sounds like a Victorian insult. <laughs> You're a rubber-clad clicker pinching. That's what I'm going to... That's exactly what the title of this title of this podcast is going to be. What's, what's the title of this podcast? <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode 227, Rubber Clad Clicker Plinger. You know what? That is such a good name for like uh, a, a, a mass criminal in some de- description. We're, we're that, the, that should be the next bomb villain. The Rubber Clad Clicker Pincher of Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? Oh, he's there. <laughs> and he's, he's pinching clickers. Um, so I haven't received post, Russ. Have you posted it back to me? I posted it next day. You should have read it. I oh, oh, damn. Well, I posted it to the office. So I, I might be in the office then. You rubber clamp clicker pincher, yes. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to change it. I'm, I'm going to change your name uh, from. Just for the record, I didn't steal it intentionally. <laughs> Did you steal it unintentionally, Russ? Uh, but I must have, because I found it in my computer bag. Did you really? Now, you swore blind was blind. I did. I did. <laughs> but I had it on my table. I did. I did. You had the ball. Oh. Oh, you right. swore that you'd never turn up to a Zoom meeting without your top on again, <laughs> and you'd never wear rubber, and you never steal clothes, and suddenly you turn up and you just want from FC, head to toe in swap from FC merch. Rubber clad, rubber clad, clicker pinching. I think you're jealous 
Because Fluffy never says more merch than you. I am jealous. You know what we need? You know what we need to That's do? Why you're, you're blaming it all on Russ. I am blaming it on Russ. It's called uh, displacement, Dad. It's a big before, issue. Right? What a mean thing to do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being kind to Russ. He, he loves Are a you? Are you really? <laughs> he loves a little bit of gentle ribbing, didn't you, Russ? Particularly jumper on. Um, uh, Russ, let me ask you a question. Yeah, we could get a bit of merch with the Kindness Project logo on it. So, so uh, Charlotte wants a mug to take off to uni. Yeah, she wants yeah. it to have a um, Kindness Project Project logo on the side. Yeah, at the bottom of the mug, and regular listeners will know what this is all yes. about. Uh, at the bottom of the mug, she just wants tis the end, don't you? Yeah. So when she finishes a cup of tea, she looks at the bottom of the mug and it says, tis the end. Do you reckon that we get our range, Russ? Oh, I'll, I'll get our range for us. So, I mean, that, this is how much of a legend you are. This is how. I'll, I'll have a moment like that as well, Russ. Get, let's I'll, get to this get bulk bulk. Let's bulk bulk Let's just get three. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go to town. Let's get four. It, it, it doesn't have the same effect, though, that we're buying our own merch. No, no, we're not raising much money doing that. No. We, we get to use it, don't we? And we can potentially advertise it on the podcast. Let me just make one more request to our regular listeners on the podcast as well. Um, Charlotte is off to uni soon. She's off to uni in September. Yes. And um, uh, what we'd like, if you run a little business or you've got a seventh or eighth league football club that you run or you do something where you've just got a mug with an amazing logo on send it to us we'd like i mean we're happy to i will take it with me um and and give you a massive thank you on the podcast but this is the kindness projects hashtag send charlotte a mug (laughs) and then i was i was considering um like me and mama like Joked about it, but doing Charlotte's mug of the week for all my nug- Charlotte's not mug holding mugs. Week. And if you send your if you send your mug in, we will have a little website bit on the kindness project to all our listeners. Hashtag Charlotte's mug of the week, and we're going to add an extra. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, what are you saying now? Yeah. To mug, mug of the week. Mug of the week. And yeah. I might say it off its own Instagram account. Start, yeah. You know, just for just for mug of the week. And then and then what we're gonna do is have another one. Hashtag Russell's rubbish shirt of the week. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're gonna have. Russell's rubbish shirt. Hashtag Russell's rubbish shirt is apparently what we're gonna cut. Anyway. No, no, cut it even shorter. Hashtag Russell's Russell's rubber. We are definitely we are definitely this is like it this should be rubber clad rush to click up in Rubber clad rush. Rubber clad rush. Rubber clad rush. If anyone who's listening for the first time, we are a, uh, a podcast about kindness. Mm-hmm. Hashtag rub, rubber rush, rubber clad rush. <laughs> Might not give that message, but we like a gentle ribbon, don't we, at the start, yeah. of, uh, it's at the like, start of every show? Yeah. But what we also do on every show, ladies and gents, is um, ask a question. And the question we asked this week was, uh, what's the best April Fool's prank that you've ever played or you know, you've ever heard of? So please uh, write in and let us know. And you can get in touch with us using 
these methods? Ah, methods. I know lots about methods. Uh, so if you go on Twitter, we're at Ola Kindness. If you go on Facebook and type the Kindness Project into the search bar, we should come up. If you go in Google and type the Kindness Project podcast, we should be the first thing up. And if not, why, God, why? Please get back to me, finally. Um, I don't Is know how much... No, no, I've, I've been asking for a while, but uh, I'm starting to lose faith. Um, Did you have faith in the first place? No. Um... Uh, if you put www.thekindnessproject.co.uk, we should come up sort of um, immediately. immediately. Yeah, we are we are in loads of different places. Kindnessproject.co.uk if you want to email us. Uh, I think we have an Instagram we're not very active on. All of that. Yeah. So you can get in touch with us in a bunch of different places. I was talking to somebody earlier on. Actually, I was talking to two people this week who were fans of the show. One that I met in the uh, foyer of my office who said, you ring a bell from somewhere and then realised that they were a fan of the podcast. And then the other one was today. We were around our friend's house, and she went, I was listening to the podcast the other day. You were talking about something about banana. And I just cannot remember when we had a conversation about We have a banana. lot of conversations about bananas. Because you, you think apple, uh, oranges are finickety, because they're hard. That, that was quite racist. Yeah, so so apparently, apparently we were having some banana chat, and she, uh, she remembered. But... Uh, related to the question of the podcast, what do you think your um, favourite April Fool's prank is? I don't do April Fool's. Yeah, no, me I neither, Russ. Really. I don't really. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see a point in it. You don't see the point in it, no? Uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big April Fool's fan, to be honest. Um, but uh, some people like it, and that's why we're asking the question. So we'll see what sort of answers we get. Uh, and on that note, the fact that we've asked the question that ne- none of us have got an answer to, let's one. move on. Oh, Sophie's got one. Um, this is one where um, you put shaving cream in in the thing, and you and you put a pin in the door. And you put it in, and then when you open the door, when someone opens the cupboard, the shaving cream squirts in their face. That's quite a good one. I like that one. Right. Can I ask why we're asking an April Fool's question in um, the month after May- April? Because I forgot. The- well, we are in May, and by the time this one goes out, we'll still be in May. Uh, we had some live episodes. But we did some live episodes where we asked that question, and this is a hangover from that. Isn't yeah. it? So, hangover? Uh, yeah, it's like a sort of, we've, it's been a while since okay. we've. And on that note, the fact that none of us like April Fool jokes, but we've included it as a question and like, um, we're going to move on to. Oh, uh, kindness news. What happened then there? Uh, my throat started hurting, so I decided Pac-Man, di- Pac-Man dying was mm. the appropriate. Oh, I love the Pac-Man dying sound. There's a go. Right, okay. Uh, this first piece of kindness ru- uh, news ruse? kindness ruse is um, a recent one. Endangered baby rhino born in a Czech zoo is named after uh, Kiev. 
okay? Uh, not the chicken, the city in Ukraine. Um, but let's, let's, have a, um, let's have a a little listen to this. A baby rhino named Kiev, in honour of the Ukrainian defenders, was born in a Czech zoo exactly a week after Russia began its invasion of the country. Belonging to the eastern black rhinoceros subspecies, Kiev's birth is another success for one of the few zoos in the world with a successful breeding programme for those rare rhinos. Kiev is the 47th rhino of this critically endangered subspecies, born in the Kravlov Zoo since they uh, received their first one back in 1971 and the first one born in about four years. Kravlov. Are you sure you've got that? So the zoo is called Dver Kravlov. The rhino, the young rhino's mother, Eva, had been taking extremely good care of him and it's very calm, even then allowing some of her milk to be taken for the feeding of other youngsters. Uh, and that's from an update from the zoo itself. Uh, without a horn, the little one is nevertheless growing fast oh. and is usually growing at 2.2 pounds per day. AP reports that Kiev is one of four baby rhinos of this subspecies, or of this species born so far this year. The zoo's animals have, over the years, been transferred to other zoos to help genetic diversity and other breeding programs. And nine of their rhinos have been reintroduced into the wilds of Rwanda and Tanzania and have since reproduced there. The latest update to the IUCN red list IUCN, yeah. found that the rhino numbers are increasing faster than they are decreasing. Oh, that's good. Yes. That's good news. Great news. Furthermore, the population remains largely intact, with animals able to reach each other easily, and there is a normal percentage of healthy, mature animals among them. Well, that, I mean, there's a couple of bits of good news there, isn't there? Number one, the, uh, they're paying tribute to the guys who in Kiev who are... You know, who want a more democratic, um, uh, uh, fair society and don't want to be un- under control of the Russians um, uh, and want to sort of move in that direction. Uh, but also the fact that the rhino species is now growing as opposed to shrinking. That's and also new baby being born. New babies being born is always good news. Yes. Yeah, well, well, mainly. Well, mainly. 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 Often. Um, uh, next one is woman isolating with COVID, m- moved by delivery driver who went above and beyond. Uh, being bedridden with an illness is never a pleasant thing to go through, and kind gestures from loved ones during your time of need can go a long way in helping you feel better. But for one woman on TikTok, it wasn't a family member who came to arrest you when she was suffering from COVID, it was her delivery driver. Hootie, who posts under the username Real Hootie, posted footage from her ring doorbell and explained she and her husband had ordered food shopping to be delivered to their house since they were both self-isolated. The woman said her husband had left their rubbish outside of the front door, ready to be taken down to the wheelie bin later in the day, but they were amazed when they saw their delivery driver, Kimberly, pick up the bag and dispose of them herself. Hootie from the US wrote in the video, my husband and I have COVID, so we had our groceries delivered through Instacart. My husband had set a trash on the porch to take out since he's sick, but our delivery driver, Kimberly, took it down uh, to the uh, bin in the rain without saying a word. Thank you so much for this act of kindness, Kimberly. And in the video's caption, the woman added, of course, we gave her an even bigger tip after this. 
It's the little things that make a difference. The heartwarming post has been viewed over 1.4 million times, and Instacart, who are a grocery delivery and pickup service in the US and Canada, themselves themselves respond in the comments. The company wrote, thank you for showing Kimberly so much love. Other commenters also praised the delivery driver for going above and beyond to make Hootie and her husband feel comfortable. Someone said she did not need to do that whatsoever. What an angel. Hope she... I hope she got a huge tip at least. So I think that what it shows is acts of kindness don't need to be big and elaborate. They can they can just be they can just be just like those small little things just to help make somebody's day. What do you think, Russ? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, amazing stuff. So thank you for uh, 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 reading that out, Charlotte, with me. And let's move on to our interview. This week, we've got part one of our interview with Jeff Brazier. Jeff's got a podcast um, called Only Human, um, available on all the sort of standard podcast platforms, but also does amazing work in the community, uh, getting people together for um, walk and talk events where they get the opportunity to um, express uh, what they're feeling and just have some company out in nature. Uh, and he does a lot more. In the interview, <laughs> we talk about a lot of different subjects, including grief, um, uh, parenting, you know, mental health. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So enjoy the chat. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on The Kindness Project. How are you today? Really good, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm looking out the window and it's it's, it's a little bit of rain. Um, <laughs> it's a shame because we... we yesterday was like just perfect perfect blue sky and you're like is that spring you know is, is, yeah. are we sort of, is it coming yeah yeah on our way out of it and um no it's it's, it's obviously reverted back to what we're what we're used to but either way um lucky to have a window to look out of right true yeah you, you've got to be grateful in life that's uh that's an important yeah. attribute and we took i mean we we started like pre-interview we started having a conversation about lockdown and the stuff that went on there interestingly i think the big thing for me is we are we're in Hornchurch, so not a million miles away from where you are. But one of the big things for me was having a Hornchurch County Park just to go for a run. You know, and that exercise and mental health thing, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, funny enough, before you came on, Jeff, Russ was telling me, Russ is in Norfolk, um, and he was telling me that apparently it's fabulous weather in Norfolk, Russ, right? Yeah, it's lovely weather down here. Up. <laughs> yeah. right good good stuff right so let's just start with a really open question for the members because we've got an international audience clearly i know who you are for members of our audience who don't know who you are tell us a bit about you well first of all let's keep it close to home um i'm from Hornchurch as well and my granddad used to live behind the fire station uh, oh, i know where you are yard, number one yeah. Um, so I love Hornchurch, and um, that that'll, that'll mean nothing to our listeners in Guatemala. To, uh, <laughs> possibly not. So what I should do is explain who I am, and uh, there's a few layers to this one, I suppose. In that, all right. So broadly, I've worked in television for about 20 years. Started off on a show called Shipwrecks, and when I lived in on an island in the South Pacific for three months. Um, as a 21 year old learned so so much but uh, 
you know, as, as always, there's uh, there's the, the the life that we lived sort of beforehand, and my my childhood growing up in in Essex was uh, was an interesting one, um, which we might explore later if it's relevant to, to where you want the conversation to go. But I think it always provides a platform and yeah. um, shapes who you are and and who you're not. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I, I now work in um, in football, so I work for BT Sport. Um, I've like last night, I was at a Europa Conference game, and Saturday I'll be at a National League game. It's really varied, and I really enjoy it because I was a professional footballer when I was when I was younger. I've I've, I've got my UEFA B license as a coach, and I I love the game, so it it made sense for me when my children um, were of an age where they didn't really they were too cool to hang around with me of, of a weekend. It meant that I then had permission, I suppose, to, to go and do something that I really wanted to do. <clears throat> um, seven or eight years ago, I became a talking therapist. So I trained as a life coach and it took me about nine months to qualify for that. And then I did my NLP uh, prac as well, which, um, which is a great sort of uh, toolkit for for, uh, for mental health generally and to be able to, to help people in lots of different and interesting ways. Um, so I love I love my coaching. Um, I love, uh, I find human behaviour fascinating. I always have done, to be honest. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, get a lot of, um, in fact, the most satisfaction I get from anything is generally sitting down and just really listening to someone and just asking them the best questions that I can, um, that I can think of, you know, use a few techniques to help someone really explore their situation and, and, and help them to progress. That's, uh, that'll, that'll never get boring for me. Um, and I suppose a lot of stuff in between, you know, I've done a lot of presenting, I've done a lot of different experiences. Um, I'm 42, uh, so I currently live with my, my wife and, and, and two kids who are 17 and 18. Um, they lost their mum when they were um, four and five. So um, I think sometimes it's, it's not, not fair for me to say I've brought them up on my own because obviously I've had partners, but um, uh, that's obviously been an interesting journey. Um, you learn a lot from that and I think this is a really interesting period because they're they're teenagers at a time when the world's slightly different to how I remember it when I was their age so uh, you, you you navigate uh, those challenges as well um otherwise what do I like doing um I particularly uh, I enjoy things like cycling reading meditating um really into um, I've, I've got a veg garden um, for the first time last year, and eighty percent of it came from. I really enjoyed that process. And Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's yeah, there, there's a little snapshot. Right, there is a lot to unpick there, Jeff. Now, the, yeah. I know, I know, I've seen some questions before the interview, but I just want to be a bit more curious about some of those aspects. So, yeah, you you started off talking about um, like. You know, our experiences in childhood, you know, sort of evolve and, you know, help us understand a little bit about who we are now. Tell me a story about when you were a kid. I, I think we've got to start where it all started, and that is that my mum was 15 when she had me. And um, it, it didn't necessarily go to plan for her. She was obviously young, unprepared and, and under-supported as well. So um, it meant that I was taken into foster care. Um, so my first and earliest memories are from um, from from that period. As much as I was very young, I still, you know, strangely have memories today. Um, 
So that's that's really interesting how we can store certain things. Yeah. Um, it, I don't remember it being a, a, a bad experience. Obviously, you know, you're not with your mum and that's where you should be. So that will always, I think, um, bring about certain differences, nuances to your character that you maybe don't learn about until you're in your 30s. Um, so I've been um, I've been going to to see a, a Jungian therapist for the last five years to do a process called reparenting, which is uh, I, I I realized at a point that there was always a, a little Jeff that was kind of with me in a lot of the decisions that I've made in the past and certainly in relationships and when relationships have got difficult or with commitment, which sounds really obvious, doesn't it? If you're if you're used to the main woman in your life. Um, not being there or that was your first experience then um yeah when it comes to like committing to someone where you're giving them the platform to potentially do the same um you know it wasn't a conscious choice but i i recognized that it was sort of a pattern and playing out then you need to do the work to recognize that don't you You like you need to go through that process yeah it takes a a, a, an element of maturity i think to get to a point where you don't want to be the catalyst for for anything that's actually working against you and not for you yeah um so yeah look after five years of of doing the work um i understand it far better it doesn't impact me anywhere near as much as it does to the point where the fact that i've been married three years and with with kate for eight years obviously means that that something has gone well um Yeah, the other the other interesting one was that there was a um, there was a, a crash on the Thames between two boats, the Bow Bell and yeah, the, the Marchioness, wasn't it? Yeah, the Marchioness. So that was that was my biological dad who was the skipper. So um, I remember being on the Thames the next day and asking my auntie, who was the manageress of a floating restaurant called the Regalia. I remember saying to her, "Like, you know, what's going on? All the police boats and um, uh, you know, people." people would be wondering like what what do you mean why why wasn't you sort of looking for your dad or or waiting for news on what had happened to him the fact is I hadn't met him and I didn't know he existed um I thought that my stepdad who my mum was with from the age of five for me um he was the reason why she was allowed to have me back and um and I always thought he was my real dad like I think that was one of the conditions between them is that uh, they thought they would be able to do the best job uh, possibly by not disclosing that actually, you know, there was someone else around who may at some point decide that they wanted to play a part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he was the skipper. So I learned about that when I was 13. And it was when, uh, again, interesting child, but uh, me, my mum, my brother, um, we had to run away. We got rehoused in a little village called Tiptree. Uh, near Colchester and we were sat there um, one afternoon my mum said to me do you want to would you like to meet your real nan and granddad it was obviously that's a really interesting thing to be asked isn't it my real nan and granddad but instantly and again it's like showing how subconsciously you always know everything relating to your life however it's whether consciously you 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 kind of got it there accessible at the surface, but I, I had like a little flashback of my um, my stepdad sitting on the edge of the bath. He just I think sort of broke his way into a flat we'd been evicted from or something, and he um, he was sat there with his hand bleeding. I remember saying, "Rob, like your hand's bleeding," and obviously he wouldn't call your dad Rob. Uh, you, you you'd have called him dad. So so straight away I was like, "Oh right, I get it. Why not my real dad?" And she told me about the the accident and. Um, and that's, that's an, yeah, again, really interesting situation to find yourself in because you, you're kind of, uh, I think, probably torn between 
uh, a few different ways of feeling, but my natural go-to was was always a positive one. It was always a uh, and I'm sorry, you know, sorry, I'm proud of, but I, and I'm proud that I got the resilience to be able to, I guess, see that that was the best way for me to compute what had just been sort of handed yeah. to me. And that, it's not easy, is it? You know, yeah. that 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 process is is a is a is a difficult one. So challenges then, like a lot of challenges, sort of when you're younger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all got our stories. We've all got our yeah. backgrounds, and so I think what um what's really important is how you um whether whether you're able to work through some of the stuff that you're carrying on your shoulders yeah. um yeah. and whether you're able to recognize that actually amongst all of those things and those experiences there's some really um amazing lessons that have actually given you some strengths that if you care to care to see them and obviously if you're able to get to a point of being like right i know that that's my strength and i know where that's come from then all of a sudden it's a just the way of turning some negative things into things that will serve you. And I'd imagine the NLP trainings help with that, right? Yeah, that that sort of added a lot. I think actually doing the coaching initially was uh, it, it almost when I was doing the training, I realised that that's many of those approaches were things that I was naturally doing anyway. In terms of just having an open open mind to to other people's. Um, perspectives knowing that mine wasn't the the only one and the center of everything and in fact i was you know always the opposite of that i'd always be far more interested in what everybody else thought i'd always want to give everybody else the the chance to speak and express their opinions and things like that and i always enjoyed to kind of borrow what i agreed with from 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 all angles if you like and it just meant that you know sometimes the person in the room that speaks loudest and speaks most is not necessarily the wisest you know they're they're, they're just the ones that need to kind of that, that feel they need to exert some control of the situation and um so i yeah i recognize that i've been doing that from quite a young age i mean the problem is jeff my natural personality is that's normally me and i've had to learn <laughs> over the years that listening more asking more questions be more generous in terms of that you know that you know just you know what you can learn from listening is huge isn't it you know it's that it's that just you know, just developing those skills over the years has been a bit a big thing for me help me understand like the sort of life coaching stuff is you know helping individuals work out what's next in their life super important at what was the crossover skills you use that in the like in terms of the football coaching and life coaching where does that where, where are they sort of connected yeah no, that's a massive point you're making really because as again another thing i've realized seven or eight years ago when i first started doing the course is that football absolutely needed to to um adopt that kind of approach instead of screaming and shouting at players um you know and trying to trying to uh, elicit uh, reactions through emotion um that actually if we just create a, an environment where you're asking great questions and when you're uh, when you're actually empowering the individual to take ownership of yeah. their game and their uh, development um, then all of a sudden, the, I think the curve at which a player can improve would be far steeper 
than if you're you're doing the same sort of stuff and just trying to make them scared of doing the wrong thing as opposed to yeah, uh, having yeah. conversations instead around, of having like, a big stick you've got the you've got a tool bag that's full of this stuff right yeah 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 and then and it was really good to know actually that, that when i started asking a few of my friends who worked in the game that actually that was something the the fa were uh, starting to incorporate and actually all of their new sort of uh, BA pro licenses were, were actually coming from a position of educator more so than than sort of you know I'm an ex-pro who knows what he's talking about so you better listen to me and do what I say okay. so yeah so, so coming from a from a place of education actually some of the best football coaches are people that were that, that, that have come through the education system um, as maybe PE teachers, or yeah. uh, because again they've got that 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 um, that that approach kind of ingrained in in how they generally uh, approach all things in life, and not just like something they switch on when they turn up at the training ground. Yeah, in, really interesting. I I I I'm not going to pretend I'm a particularly I I, I like to run. Um, but I, I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm particularly quick. Um, so I don't know anything about pro sports. But one of my favourite books is a book by um, a guy called Dr. Steve Peters called The Chimp Paradox. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it talks about how he trained um, the British cycling team in 2012 about understanding how their mind works and helping them. De- amazing guy. Really, really interesting book in terms of that. Um, so we talked about that. Let's talk about kids in a pandemic because, you know, as, as I said earlier on, I've, I've got two, my daughter's 18. And weirdly... She went. I don't know. I don't know about your because your son's the old one, isn't he? Or are they two? Have your two sons? Two, two boys. Two boys. So Charlotte went through a GCSEs during that first part of the pandemic, um, and did really well academically. But they cancelled every exam, and for her, it was a, it was quite a challenging time because it was like you know that. Number one, she put a lot of work in for the two years, and then suddenly the game changes, and you know, emotionally coping with that is is interesting. But also number two, um, just um, you know, being in a situation where everything you've known for that period of time it just changes immediately. So how, how was your boys? Were they all right? They were. Um, I'd say that yeah, they were fine. You know, we live in the countryside. They they they're lucky in the respects that. Um, yeah, there's sort of not in a one-bedroom flat shared with gotcha. four or five other siblings, you know. So we'll always sort of count our blessings. But yeah. um, I, I always worry that the fallout from the last two years is is really yet to to be understood fully. Um, so I've I've got a, I, I keep them very very close in that um, you never get to the same. So my eldest is very very mature for for his years, and he's um, he's into meditation and he reads. He's been through all of my self-development books and he's, you know, starting to teach me a thing or two now. He sort of sees himself as he doesn't really buy. Well, I, funny enough, I heard him on your podcast and and uh, uh, it was really funny when he, yeah. he, he sounded like the coach. <laughs> yeah, he, listen, some, sometimes I do workshops and, um, and Bob will speak in front of the room and... and Everyone was just, I think people are always fascinated by what young people um, yeah. think about things anyway. And it's really important that they share their their sort of their outlook. Um, but yeah, he, he, I remember him just making such sense of something that 
was like, yeah, no, you, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And everyone just sort of nodded away. It's almost like we could have just sort of ended the session there. But don't get me wrong, you know, a, a lot of the time, um, in, for for what he's gained in what he's educating himself on, he obviously doesn't quite have the life experience. So it's Very just true. putting all that theory into real life situations so that yeah. he can continues to grow. Yeah, um, my youngest is a different kettle of fish, and you, you're talking about education and. He's not massively academic, so my expectations weren't misplaced um, in terms of trying to squeeze the proverbial square peg through the round hole. You know, yeah. I know that he'll be a success, but it will be on account of his um, his ability to show empathy, his emotional intelligence, his character. Um, so you know, I, d- I didn't need him to necessarily get anything other than what he what he got out of his GCSEs. But this is the interesting thing, Jeff. In a world where information is at your fingertips, what is the valuable asset? And potentially you could argue, and I'd argue, and again, financial planning is full of technical sort of uh, aspects, and I've taken loads of exams and all that sort of business. But the reality is the commodity that's most valuable is the ability to connect with somebody, I Mm. think. because everything else you can get at the touch of a button, that human connection, I, I don't think, I, I, I think you just need to develop that skill over time. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect here, but just, mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, interestingly, the sort of your, your empathetic boy might be, uh, yeah, might be really well placed because of that. I don't know. Well, he's a, he's a doer. He's a, a gatherer of people. He is an empath. And, and I, you know, it's lovely what you just said, because it just, again, like, I've never worried about Fred, whereas lots of parents of, of kids that went to school with him would probably be like, wow, you've got a, you've got a job on your hands there. But I just, I, I see his, his, his talents for his what they talents. are. Don't, don't get me wrong, like you know, is there's still a there's still a, a lot of challenges because um yeah, they're just you know, without outing him for, for a few things that he goes through. I tell you what, he's, he's he's a hard worker though. He's got two jobs. I think he's just found a third. And um and I'm, as I say, I know he'll always be all right. But um yeah, two completely different lads yeah. and uh, but they're doing well. They're in one piece. Good, good. So that was part one of the interview with Jeff. What did you think so I far? I thought it was good. Yeah, we're going to have more from Jeff next week. But on that note, tis the... Tis the end of another podcast, but the end is never true at the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. Um... And that is last week's question of the podcast. Sorry, did I pinch a bit? Yeah, no, just keep going. Last week's question of the podcast is week. And last week's question of the podcast was, what are your favourite things to watch on YouTube? Now, we've all got YouTube uh, uh, rabbit holes we go down. What's yours again? Mouse reminders. I like football manager videos. Yeah. So they do a good series on rebuilds. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of coding tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. Where else? Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a YouTube premium, so I get the music free with that. Music, mate. So I listen to some, some, some of the older music on there. Yeah. What do you uh, mean older music? What do you listen to? Yeah, anything, stuff from the 1970s and stuff. Anything from 60s, 
right up to right up to sort of nineties, two thousand sort of thing. Fair enough. That is old music now, isn't it? Because that even the two thousand music is twenty years old. At the moment, I'm writing to me Lucas Graham. Lucas Graham, I like that. Is that the guy who did seven years? Yeah. And um, what's the rest of his stuff? I haven't listened to it. He done a number one called Mama Said. I don't think I've heard it. No, I'll have to, we'll give that a go after the podcast. Um, and um, are you thinking of doing your own YouTube channel, Russ? Hashtag Mama Shirt, Russ. I do upload some of my football manager highlights onto my personal YouTube, and I've got three followers. Check that out. Three followers. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe now we should. It's not quite ready to monetize yet. Wait till you've got five followers, Ross, and you'll be all right. Um, but yeah, um, it's uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. But maybe now you've mentioned it on the podcast, you'll get a few more followers. So, yeah. Uh, did you want to share what the channel is, or do you want to keep to yourself? Hey, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why he's only got three followers. Um, uh, anyway, let's talk about what uh, what other people like to watch on YouTube. Um, Steve Dan said um, he likes to... Um, away from me, just I'm trying to read the answers. Steve Dan uh, likes uh, uh, to relax. Music videos from the 70s or 80s is an old school comedians. And then weekend mode is how to videos and DIY. Al McCann says, Daft classic comedy, Keaton is good. And videos of live music. Russell, as he's already told us, like programming tech reviews and how to's. Uh, Mike Christie is a man after my own heart because he likes to listen to uh, TV themes of the 80s. Mm, yeah. Uh, and Kane Cox Watkins likes to watch Olivia Coleman acceptance speeches, pop videos, and funny, funny clips from eight out of ten cats does cat them. Not a bad choice there, Kane. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pod- Kindness Project. Uh, have a lovely week, and we'll see you next time. Have a nice time. Have a nice time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.